comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. Spartans are descended from Hercules himself. Taught never to retreat, never to surrender. Taught that death in the battlefield is the greatest glory he could achieve in his life. Spartans, the finest soldiers the world has ever known. Hey everybody, welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host Joe, and with me as always is my co-host Kevin. Yo! Today we are talking about the historical epic from, was it 2004? 2007. Seven, seven, 2007, sorry. Mm. 2007, 300. I'm Spartacus. Spartacus. I'm Leonidas. No, I'm Leonidas. So we're going to start start off all the podcasts. Kevin, what did you know about the historical epic comic 300? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people did when this movie came out. No. Now, this uh, 300 was actually a 1998 comic book limited series, so many series in general, it was done by Frank Miller, um, who at that point was probably, uh, I wouldn't say he was at the top of his career. His career really peaked in the 1980s. He did a lot of stuff with Daredevil. Um, he kind of re, re uh, reimagined Daredevil. He did a lot of stuff with The Dark Knight Rises in the mid-80s, uh, Dark Knight Returns in the mid-80s. Now I'm calling Dark Knight Returns Dark Knight Rises for some odd reason. <laughs> Uh, that's where he kind of gained his prominence. He's kind of known for a blocky, uh, heavily shadowed art style. Like, he does a lot of his own art and his own writing. Probably most known nowadays for having a very misogynistic point of view, very He-Man, uh, woman-hater club type deal, uh, th- that sort of yeah. thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Not that I say it takes away from his his art, because that is part of his... When I say art, I mean capital A art, not like the art he draws in the books. Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of his style, and I think that when you're getting into a Frank Miller book, you're you're kind of buying into, okay, I have to look at this is the way he's writing his books. I'll have to, uh, you know, I can take it or leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so the comic is a fictional retelling of the Battle of Thermopylae um, and the events that lead up to it from the perspective of Leonidas <laughs> of Sparta. Dripopoline. <laughs> Dripopoline. <laughs> Thermopylae, <laughs> the hot springs. Um, it was inspired by the 1962 film The 300 Spartans, which is on Netflix now, I believe. So you can watch that at least. No, yeah, not a terrible movie. Not no. a not a not a great movie, but not, not a terrible no. movie. Huh. It's very much in that like Spartacus and uh, mm-hmm. um, Ben Hur style. Okay, yeah. Every page of the comic was illustrated as a double page spread, and I have the comic in front. And Kevin was taking a picture of it. Well, I was I was trying to. I was going to post it. Yeah, I wanted to make a little little, <laughs> little artsier picture. So it's uh you know so when you got the comic originally, every like the the two pages were kind of interlinked together through the spread. Um, when it was republished, which I I have the actual uh, republishing of the book, it's it was like put out in a wide screen format i guess i don't i don't know a proper way of saying that because there's no other books on the market that are like that book no it it it's, kevin called it a children's book it looks <laughs> like a big children's book like you open it up and it's like the 300 caterpillars you know? <laughs> the very hungry leonidas <laughs> leonidas ate his way through an elephant and he was still hungry <laughs> um 
the uh, it what the what, the series won three Eisner Awards: best limited series, best writer artist, and uh, best colorist colorist for Lynn Varley, named for former Disney president Michael Eisner. Yes. <laughs> no, it was named actually for Will Eisner, ah, the creator oh. of The Spirit, which is a movie we may get to someday, which was directed by Frank Miller. Hey, there you go. Uh, he did. He, uh, Frank Miller took a lot of inspiration from The, the Spirit, which is a, actually a fantastic comic book. If you get past all of the very, very blatantly racist stereotypes <laughs> um, and uh, you actually look at it and you're like, oh, this this comic is brilliant. This comic is brilliant in every way. Uh, this book, when it was published, got a lot of criticism. Um, hmm. Alan Moore, Alan Moore talks like this. Um, <laughs> I never have an opportunity not to do the Alan Moore impression. No. Uh, Alan Moore was, uh, you know, angry with it. There was a lot of comments in it, like they used the term uh, "boy lovers" for the Athenians, and yeah. it's like, well, the Spartans were kind of like that too, you know, kind of <laughs> on that one. A lot of, a lot of uh, homophobia. A lot of. Uh, ideas of racism against the East. I mean, if you look at the book, the Persians are portrayed as very dark-skinned. Well, oh, yeah, the, very sort of monstrous, kind yeah. of ghoulish. And we'll we'll get into that with the movie because I think yeah. the movie does uh, takes it up to eleven in terms of that. <laughs> David Brin, very famous writer. Um, you know, he criticized how the Athenians were treated in the book is very is not as brave as the Spartans. Um, you know, the, the kind of the the glossing over the fact that the Spartans, you know, in going to the Battle of Thermopylae, you know, they had missed the Battle of Marathon earlier, which was the prelude to actually this war. Mm. So they kind of were like, yeah, we're going to come. And they showed up like after the battle had already happened. And they're like, oh, we missed it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we, sh- we uh, our alarms didn't go off. Yeah. I mean, and just to give a little bit of historical background, the 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 historical battle of of Thermopylae was actually a pre- prelude to the Battle of Plataea, which was actually where Greece united to fight Xerxes, whose father Darius was the one who had fought at Marathon. Um, Xerxes was part of the was the head of the Persian Empire. He was like bringing it to new heights. Um, Athens and Greece were at this like little corner of his empire, just like. On the very, very, very fringes, he had he had control all the way through the Anatolian Peninsula, you know, Turkey and the Anatolian Greeks. And the Anatolian Greeks were like, we don't like Persia. No. <laughs> so we're going to fight against you. And so the, the Anatolians went to Athenians and the Spartans were like, hey, could you help us, you know, fight against this guy? And uh, the, 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 the Spartans were like, no. No, no, <laughs> nah. And the Athenians were like, who were the actual democracy at the time, were like, yeah, free Greeks. <laughs> and so they went over there and they kind of were like poking at the, the Persians with spears. <laughs> and the Persians were like, stop it, stop. And then Darius, uh, Darius, as some people call him, led his army over to Athens. Uh, some would say maybe not the full army or they didn't even really care. They just wanted to go over there and be like, shut up. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they lost the massive battle against the Athenians at the Battle of Marathon, which is of course where you know the the runner runs down, uh, Nike, and then he dies because yeah. as we all know, everyone should run a marathon because the first guy who ran a marathon died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as I like to read for <laughs> to tell Kevin every time he tells me he's running a marathon, <laughs> why? Um, it's which Xerxes wanted to continue his father and conquer all of Greece, which. Leads us to 300 in the yes. all that fun stuff. Oh, I've chosen my words carefully, Persian. Perhaps you should have done the same. This is blasphemy. This is madness.
madness. This is Sparta! All right, so the movie 300. Uh, uh, we get to find out that the Greeks were so much to be admired with their baby killing and their yeah. <laughs> practice of right eugenics. Off the bat, yeah. Right off the bat, it's just like, eh, he's not good enough. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's got flat feet. Throw him over the cliff. <laughs> did, did that baby just cough a little? <laughs> I think that baby might have just coughed a little. <laughs> so the, the story actually starts with a narration by... Uh, uh, Faramir uh-huh. from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, <laughs> um, pl- uh, David Wenham mm-hmm. playing Delios. Uh, what's kind of re- Delios. <laughs> what's <laughs> going back to our third wave Scott conversation? What is the Delios? Delios. What's the, d- d- the ah. deal? Oh deal. God, I hated that song. <laughs> um. So yeah, he's uh re- he's telling the story of the of the life of Leonidas. Uh, the great beard. I'm surprised they didn't have that little kid showing the young Leonidas with a full beard. That's <laughs> yeah, what they should have just, had him. Right. Already um, has the beard as he's fighting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure. I could go through this, you know, as plot wise. I don't know if you, if we want to break it up a little bit more. I know this one's going to be a little bit shorter than the BBS podcast. Thank I God. I hope so. <laughs> um, so it starts off, you get the recounting of his life, the hard Spartan life. They kill off the babies. They make the boys fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, the only reason why Leonidas was actually fighting was because his two older brothers who were actually supposed to be kings before him, one was killed and one was exiled. Yeah. So he ended up becoming king. So he actually got the training of the warrior that was not really meant for kings of Sparta. Yeah. Yeah. So historical background. There you go. It shows him in the, the Spartan rite of sending out the little kids to go out and fend for themselves in the wilderness. And, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he sees like a little cleft in the rocks where he could fight this wolf, and yeah. the wolf's size and speed don't mean anything. Yeah, oh, it's, it's foreshadowing. It's almost as if that was intentional. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, and of course, young Leonidas spears the wolf and kills him. Yeah, but then we actually get to the the start of the movie. Uh, a bunch of Persian messengers are coming to Sparta. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these Persian messengers, of course, are these. Um, I, I, I don't know what a better way of putting it than the blackest actors you could possibly find. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm talking. This... I'm not talking like 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 they're stereotypically black. I mean, they are like Yafet Kodo black. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it's right. This this movie definitely does the. Even though this is just Asia, and everyone's generally olive-ish complexions. Yeah. I mean, there's. it's nice that there was some diversity being represented, but um, you have to assume that there's a little bit of, like, a, a Lord of the Rings influence. Not that Lord of the Rings invented this, but, like, that kind of thing that Lord of the Rings got maybe a little bit of criticism for, which was, you know, Why everyone the, yeah. was super, who was good was super white, yeah. and then the evil, barbarous orcs who are of course all dark skinned and have like dreadlocks yeah you know know, listen to rap music like it was you know very clearly that thing that you see a lot you see it in game of thrones you see it a lot in it it, everywhere generally yeah i mean and then like this is like they get sword and sandal epics generally rely on that a little little too much and it's not that you know I guess there was, I guess the Persian Empire had extended to Egypt at this point, I think. I'm not 100% sure. But, I mean, it's not like they were, you know, hanging out in, like, Nigeria or something like that. They were, you know, these. Right. this is a more Mediterranean right. type people. They should have been, right, Middle Eastern yeah. or, you know, Southern 
European, like definitely brownish, yeah. but everyone should have been pretty similar. Yes. So he <laughs> rides know? up with these skulls with crowns on them, which, by the way, does not appear in like this. This movie, a lot of the iconic slow motion Zack Snyder shots that he likes to do that are straight from the comic, that's not one of them. He does not have the skulls in the comic. Which is interesting because as I was watching it, uh, I was kind of thinking like never having seen a single panel of the book. And I did end up looking up a couple just online um, just to see how certain scenes were kind of rendered. But um, I basically just assumed any time Snyder slowed it down down and framed something, you were like, this is a panel. That's exactly what he did. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he goes up and he's he's telling Leonidas. And actually, this is a pretty accurate portrayal of what actually probably happened was he's just like, look, you know, Xerxes isn't looking to conquer you. Uh, well, he's not looking to to fight you. He's not looking to to start a war. He just wants a simple gift of earth and water to show your submission. You guys will run your own place. Still, you'll just be part of the Persian Empire. That was Xerxes' entire thing throughout his entire camp. Or Xerxes and Darius and all them. They were pretty much just like, hey, you guys can run your own thing. That's fine. Yeah. You're just gonna be part of our empire. You know, we're gonna be you know like a like a f- confederation of states that are gonna be united. Mm. Um, you know, kind of, you know, like yeah. that's what we're gonna do. Never ends up working out that way. Usually, no. just ends up uh, you get taxed a lot. Yeah, I mean, you get you and get you gotta go fight a war that you've yeah, against you've, people you've never heard of uh, with a thousand miles Texas, away. Yeah. Um, so of course Leonidas is like, uh, well, oh, and then uh, <laughs> of course the the messenger uh, the the messenger insults his wife, played by Lena Headley. Lena Heedy. Heedy. Yes. Is it Heedy? Noel. Yeah, it's Heedy. He- I used to always say Headley as well. I, I did Heedy. T- wow, Heedy. Okay. Did not know that for a while. And I, I forgot Leonidas, of course, played by Gerard Butler. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Gerard Butler, who never quite captured what he achieved in this movie. No, the, the promise of Gerard Butler seemed <laughs> to never really pay out. It, it waned. <laughs> it definitely waned. Um, so, you know... Leonidas is, of course, offended by this and kicks the messenger down the well saying, this is Sparta! Yeah. <laughs> the big thing that everyone Every- would say for the next, like, eight years <laughs> and put on everything. Oh, God. Oh, it was it, it was probably one of the first, like, true internet memes, I would say. It was early on. It was an early meme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now uh, Leonidas, knowing that he has provoked this war by killing the messenger... Uh, has to go get the blessing of the of the oracles, you know. So yeah, he, he wants their permission to go to war. Yeah, he wants their permit or their blessing to go to war. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, so he goes up there, and of course, all the priests are portrayed as these like monstrous <laughs> creatures. Grotesque. Yeah, yeah, inbred, inbred, and you know, their their oracle is this young girl who's yeah, very cool looking scene though. I I like that scene quite a bit. Yeah, it was filmed underwater. That makes sense. So it makes it look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she basically says, you know, you can't go to war. You have to worship. You have to respect the Carnea, which is this Spartan yeah. festival. Or does she say that? Well, we don't know she's... if she actually says it because they are translating for her. Kevin, Kevin, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's the end of the podcast. Well, because she's speaking some crazy yeah. language and the uh elders uh, yeah, or whatever they, they are it. they are translating but then of course we find out that they are being paid off by the persians and evil dominic west 
Evil Dominic West. Evil Dominic West and the Persians are paying them to say, you know, to try to to make the, uh, you know, keep them from from going to war. Not really counting on the fact that Leonidas doesn't really care. Oh yeah, and uh, so uh, Leonidas, you know, he he tries to pay them off as well. He brings them gold as a as an offering. Yeah, you know, got to bribe them, but of course he doesn't have nearly as much gold as the as the Persians. Mm-hmm. He get, so he's his plan is is that he's just going to take three hundred guys and stall the advance until after the Carnea so that the Spartan army could you know reinforce him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really supposed to, it's it's a seven day thing. The Carnea is only like a week long, but he doesn't have that time because once because the, the plan is is that he's going to use the small parcel of land that the Persians will have to cross uh, Thermopylae, the hot gates, literally translated. Um, uh, he's going to funnel them into a right. mountain pass, so that way that their numbers don't mean anything. Right. It's like, I learned this when I was younger, and I fought a wolf. <laughs> One time I saw a dog. <laughs> and I stabbed that dog. I stabbed <laughs> this, is how it, this is what happened. Oh, man, why didn't Danny DeVito play? <laughs> didn't oh, play. he might show Leonidas. up later. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So he he takes these men, you know, all these, of course, the the most muscular men you've ever seen in your life. The amount of body mass in this movie. There is, but it's also so much CG. I mean, all of those abs, they all have eight packs. That's like, and in reality, that's not CG. That's legit. No, a lot of it's CG, definitely. Maybe some of it. It's all stylized and rendered. If you, Fassbender does not have an eight pack. (laughs) Not even at that time did he have an eight pack. Yeah, I mean, like, if I watched the, the making of documentary like the routine that they had to go through just to look like that was insane yeah they did a they did kudos to them because i will never look like that no no yeah i mean it's like <laughs> real men have curves guys you yeah. know <laughs> stop body shaming me with your movie 300 <laughs> yeah yeah uh hollywood's unrealistic expectations for men yeah, it's a, no it, crap. It's true. I mean, there is there is there's a little a, bit of that. There's not a single man who saw that movie and just go didn't go. Whew, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah. This is this is not doesn't good, bother guys. us as much though. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not I don't as think yeah, we because uh, I, I don't think anyone expects us to actually look like that. No, 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 no. Everyone We're... knows that that is crazy town. <laughs> it's crazy town. But everyone expects women to look like Lena Headey. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> for some reason. So it's very that's where the uh, the double standard is. Yeah, so so that's where the double standard is. So the 300 Spartans, you know, with Leonidas as the main guy, you have Del- Yeah, so it was really 301 guys. Eh, maybe. I guess that's yeah. not a uh is a catchy yeah. title though. Yeah. Or maybe well yeah, cuz he did say by 300 just this is my personal 300 yeah. my most personal he bodyguard. He the yeah. 300 men. And they even I think at the very very end they're even talking about like Leonidas and his brave 300. He was not a part of that 300. The 300 was everyone else. Well, to be fair, there was uh, like two of which have names. Let, let's be fair, actually at the battle I did my research. There were 300 Spartans, 700 Thespians and 400 Thebians who were at the, actually at the, the the hot gates at the time. So not to mention all the slaves that the Spartans probably brought, because as we all know, Sparta was a huge slave culture, yeah. which allowed the men to get the bodies that they had and the warrior training that they right. had. Yeah, because they didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to do anything, because <laughs> they had slaves doing it. Yeah. 
So, yeah, uh, on their way to the Battle of Thermopylae, they meet up with a bunch of Athenians who are like, oh, we're told that you're going to fight. We want to fight with you. And he's like, but you only bring this paltry few. And then, of course, we get the, what were you? Oh, I'm a potter. Oh, yeah, what I'm are you? Potter, I'm a blacksmith. Sculptor. And then he's like, Spartans, what is your profession? And they just go, ooh. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not a profession. <laughs> that's that's not a an answer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which, of course, Leonidas says, well, I obviously brought more soldiers than you did. Right. Yeah. With Clever. Yeah. Um, uh, Leonidas also meets up with, uh, what's it, Ephesiastes? Is yeah, that his name? his name, I got it written down. It's, I do, too. Ephialtes. Uh, Ephialtes. Ephialtes. Whatever Ephialtes. Uh, and he's a sort of a deformed, definitely should have been, been thrown, thrown. Yeah, I mean, like, like, of all the kids who probably, like, had, like, oh, this kid's got, like, a... <laughs> Right, one's like just missing a finger, yeah, and he's at the bottom in the skull pile. <laughs> yeah, and then you have this guy who's like, and oh, this, yeah, this crooked, deformed, you know, pitiful, yeah, human being, yeah, yeah, just comes out like, I got spared, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, Leonidas is actually really nice to him, and he's just like, hey, look, you know, we can't use you in the battle lines, um, you can help us out. You know, you you could help us. You could bring food to us. You could bring water. You could clear the dead. Yeah. But you know, we have a very specialized way of doing things. You know, you you can't just show up and like want to be part of it. Yeah, I'm surprised he yeah. could have though. I mean, I mean, he could have just let him. Like, I mean, he would have well, died. Go fight and with that the Athenians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. It's yeah. like give him that. It's like okay, well, you made it this far. <laughs> I mean, no, you can't be a part of our, you know, specialized thing here. But, yeah. you know, you could maybe try to stab a guy in the foot or something. And, of course, Ephialtes is just like, no! <laughs> Fine, screw you guys! I'll go start my own army! <laughs> it's like, I, I kind of wish that when he, he betrays them to Xerxes, he's like, Leonidas sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like Batman. <laughs> that guy sucks. That guy sucks. Um, which leads them to the actual battle at the at the hot gates. You know, the you get this great scene of the of Zeus raging against the Persian yeah, fleet, the ships and, all being yeah. thrown around, and everyone's cheering except for Leonidas, and he's just he stoically keeps his Spartan steely gaze, whatever. Yeah, Spartan just staring, yeah. just mm, mm, I don't like your, I'll smile when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Um, you know, we get to meet all of his, his compatriots. You get uh, uh, Stelios, which I believe is, uh, that's Fassbender's character. Yes. Uh-huh. He's the guy who gets to say, you know, well, you know, we'll, they'll, we'll blacken the sky with arrows. He says, well, then we'll fight in the shade. Fight in the shade. Which is actually a real line from the, the histories. Oh. Yeah, that's like, most of like the quippy lines in, in this movie are directly taken from... The actual the stories, yeah, yeah. like Herodotus and all of them, like oh. the actual recounting of the of the Spartan victories, of the Spartan victory. Um, you get the captain and his son. Uh, uh, yeah, the captain's not named. His son is, is named like uh, a, a some with an A. Estinos. Estinos. Yeah. <laughs> Estinos. Estinos <laughs> Papadopoulos. <laughs> there was not enough Greeks playing Greeks in this Astinos. movie. Estinos. <laughs> Bring the bring the <laughs> bring the feather. Bring the gyro plate to table twelve. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I bring gyro plate. <laughs> My son is an idiot. <laughs> you have to forgive him. He has feta for brains. Enos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I want gyros. <laughs> um, 
So we get the first, you know, it's it's basically this is a recounting of the three days of actual battle that Sorry, the Spartans still have laughing at Papadopoulos. Astino's Papadopoulos. We don't get any last names no. in here, but I just assume everyone. Um, Leonidas Deimos. <laughs> Stamopoulos. Um, so the the Persians send their first, their first, oh, and Ephesialtes, uh, Tells them that there's a goat path in the back that, you know, if the Persians find it, could, you know, take out their flank or their yeah. rear. Um, so, you know, he, uh, so the battle actually, st- before the battle actually starts, a Persian messenger comes up and he's like, where are all of my guys? You know, why are they building a wall? You think this wall's going to stop us? And, you know. Yeah. He's got a big kooky mustache. He's got a huge kooky mustache. I loved him. Looks uh, like a cab driver. One thing I really like about this movie, as, aside from the blatant racism, is I love the character design in this movie. Sure. Like, all of, like, the bad guys looked incredibly bad and i loved it yeah. you know they they all just everything about it was like, it was ov- like as ov- it went on it seemed like it got crazier oh like, yeah every scene they were just like we need to up the ante and every single new sort of character or set of characters that we see like yeah. by the end they're just like Weird cartoon Lord of the Rings <laughs> characters. Like at there's some literally point, there's orcs. Just, oh, there are orcs. I <laughs> they mean, literally have orcs. It's like it starts out like reasonably historical with actual people, and yeah. then by the end, it's just you know Xerxes is well. flying around on a dragon. <laughs> Where are my dragons? <laughs> um, it's yeah. So they, you know, the the Persian and, uh, Stelios cuts his arm off with the whip, and all of these like, oh my arm, yeah, <laughs> Stelios. <laughs> Order up, <laughs> order up. Um, so yeah, they the so then Xerxes starts sending his troops. You know, he starts sending you know the first wave and the 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 Spartans you know absorb the blow and push him off the cliff. Um, you know, they, the first day of battle goes incredibly well for the Spartans. They don't lose any men. Then Xerxes comes up on his giant, it, played by um, not Nestor Carbonell. It's um, Rodrigo Santoro, also from Lost. Yeah. Uh, Shows up on this giant palaquin, you know, carried by slaves, and he comes down and uses this ten foot tall, yeah, weirdly, completely shaved, human weirdly being. Ren- weirdly rendered, yeah, in CGI, but clearly still be- like his face is still his own, but everything else is just bizarrely <laughs> contorted. And he's got like this like weird Batman voice from the Batman v Superman. He's like, "Hello, yeah, I'm, I'm- <laughs> put the lotion in the basket." <laughs> Oh yeah, big fat girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. It's like it really is uh, Ted what's his face from you know it's got that that way of looking at it, you know. Yeah. Uh uh Buffalo Bill. Right. I can't remember, I can't remember the guy who plays him Ted I can't Ted either. something Ted had some of it. But the uh yeah, he comes down and he's just like oh <laughs> I'm gonna make you king of all Greece. <laughs> Actually, that's going into my uh, my uh, oh, what's what's that guy's name from? Uh, uh, he just died from the drug overdose in Mission Impossible Three and all those other. Oh, movies. Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's my Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Leonidas, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take over all of Greece. You know, he offers uh, Leonidas basically. You know, I'm gonna take over all of Greece. I'm gonna turn into once you know one country. And uh, I want you to be in charge of it. You know, you're going to be like the governor. Yeah. You, you, you'll fight for me. I'll take you all around the world. We'll use your Spartan fame. And Linus is like, nah, nah, I want to. I'm happy kicking I'm, around Sparta. I'm going to eat a goat. Ruling that. Yeah. I'm going to eat a goat. Eat a goat. 
You ever had Mediterranean? You know, the Mediterranean diet will do wonders for you. It'll make you live forever. You know. You're going to make me wear a shirt, aren't you? <laughs> I don't want to wear a shirt. <laughs> What's the pants situation in Persia? <laughs> Look at me. I am not wearing pants. No, no one wears any shirts in this movie. <laughs> no, no. No shirts. In fact, if you wear a shirt, you're a bad guy in this movie. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Leonidas is like, no. And then he, like, he tells him it's like, you know, at the end of this, you know, people will know a god will bleed. I'm like, I've heard this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you bleed? <laughs> Gotta. You can't bleed. Jerk. Bleed, bleed. Uh, and this has the intended effect of uh, angering Xerxes enough that he sends sure. his immortals. Yeah. You know, these masks. The Urukai. The Urukai. They have two <laughs> swords, like katana blades. Yeah. And they're running up, and they're fighting against the Spartans. And they Spartans. got these kooky drama masks on. Oh, yeah. And they, they have this guy who's, like, all chained up, and he's like, Roar! Yeah, the big cave troll. The big cave troll. Oh, it's so... The, the one thing I could say is that I have to believe that this is Stelios's, uh, no, Delios's telling of the story that just exaggerates to make it to the audience that he's telling at Plataea that this is what happened, you know, like, because, I mean, he's gone by the end of the movie, and yet he's still telling the end of the movie to the, the, the end of the story to the people. And I'm like, he wasn't there. How does he know how this ended? Yeah. Um, so I, I, just, I feel like it's his fictional heard retelling. Heard about it. Yeah, heard about it. <laughs> These guys came, and he there was a big guy chained up, and he was just like, Whoa! he was 20 feet tall. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Leonidas chops off his head, and, yeah. you know, they, they managed to repel all of the immortals. I liked the uh, the guys with the bombs. Oh, yeah. And, like, the crazy, like, The, the dervishes. Masks, the you know? weird, yeah. yeah. Throwing smoke bombs or whatever. Little flash bombs, I mean. I mean, they're literally dressed up like they're from, I, I don't, uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Like, they're like these yeah. whirling dervishes throwing yeah. bombs. And, you know, you have all the, you know, the Spartans go out and they're... Well, it all becomes, like, Double Dragon or something, <laughs> where it's just, like, a side-scroller, and then you get into the next scene, and then everyone comes at you, and it's like, oh, no, these guys have bombs, and then you gotta fight them with the bombs, yeah. and then the arrow flashes to tell you to move on to the next screen. <laughs> you go to the next screen, and then yeah. a giant guy comes out. Oh, no, and they, like, it's just, like, wave after wave of improbable goons comes, like, towards the screen, like a rhino, and... Michael yeah. Fassbender, no, is the it? Rhino's is, cool. Is it? Is it Fassbender or the I other one? I think so. I think it is because he throws the spear and then it hits it and then he continues to charge. Yeah. Or but is, he doesn't that, move is that because uh, he just knows that he's going to stop at his feet? Astinos is that him? Who it, does it? I don't know. I don't remember. It was one of them. Astinos, <laughs> Rhino, <laughs> throw the spear at the, the rhino. rhino. I have to deliver this <laughs> this Greek salad to table three. <laughs> You throw the spear at the rhino. <laughs> How do you make a Greek salad? Well, you, first of all, you take the whole head of lettuce. <laughs> right. Even the white part? Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> then you quarter a tomato. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then 37 olives. No more, no less. <laughs> and then feta. Should How we much? get all the feta? Should we get Greek olives? No, no, no. Let's get a can of black olives that have no <laughs> taste to them whatsoever. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you just dump the whole thing in. Um, yeah. So they they fight a rhino Much and they're, they're fighting elephants and um, meanwhile, Asphialtes uh, is uh, meeting up with Xerxes and meets him in his pleasure den of all sorts of you know uncomfortable sexual pl- it's preferences. Just weird. There's like. 
girl like quadruple amputees making out and quadruple amputees and then like the big goat headed guy playing a the recorder or something (laughs) i was like is that is that a goat man or is he a mask my favorite part of the whole movie and i didn't really even realize this until i rewatched it just the other day is when leonidas is marching his guys and there's a guy with a double flute in front playing (laughs) as they're marching and it's just like and this guy with the flutes is kind of like <laughs> which is an actual actual greek right. instrument That's, but i mean it's like so the music's very different <laughs> than what we heard yeah it's like hail to thee dear sparta you know and you know Three cheers! Yay, yay, yay! You know, it's like it's like this fight song, and it's like burner, burn, burner. <laughs> right. Um, and Asphialtes is like like I want power, and I want women, and I yeah. want a uniform. I want a uniform with a pointy hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to make it custom. <laughs> we, well, we'll make it for you. We'll get you a pointy hat. And of course, you see Xerxes camp, and he's got like this grotesque executioner with like like swords for <laughs> Another hands. Another one that looks like a video game. Yeah, and he's cutting the heads off the 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 generals and the leaders that are oh not getting through the Spartans. It's just crazy. Now, by the way, this only takes place during three days, and it makes it seem like this has been going on for like months at this point. Yeah. It's like hours. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, and then uh, finally, uh, at at the you know the well. Asinos is killed by a random guy with a sword. His head gets cut off, which leads the captain to go yeah. crazy. You know, he runs out, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's actually pretty well done, except for like the beheading part, because you're just like, this is this is a little little. It's very hard to cut a person's head off. It's the only yeah, it's the only real relationship on that <laughs> field, other than Leonidas yeah. and his wife. There aren't really yeah. any other sort of rela- Everyone else is just like. They're better here brothers. to die. Yeah, <laughs> we're <laughs> going to die. We know it. Every Spartan wants a glorious death. You know. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, before we get to the the end, and Lena had uh, Lena Healy's character. Um, what's her name? Um, Queen Gorgo. Gorgo. Queen Gorgo. Yeah, they don't use her name very often because yeah. it's a terrible name. <laughs> I don't think they actually even refer to her as Queen Gorgo. The only, I, they may not. I only know that from the credits. And I was like, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. that is an ugly name. Sorry, Queen Anyone Gorgo. Named Gorgo. It's Gorgo. He's my wife, Gorgo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She will play music for you on double flute. Do, 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 do. Um, she's she's uh, trying to convince the the Spartan Senate, which is not really a Senate, I guess, because that's not how Greeks worked. <laughs> but all the rich white uh, landowners yeah. of Sparta that they need to go support Leonidas, and if uh, uh, Dominic West character is like no. Oh, he's betrayed the what they said, and we gotta. Yeah, know. he's vying to for the power. He wants yeah. to overthrow Leonidas, I guess. And which he's is kind clearly... of funny because Sparta has two kings. <laughs> That's always been the way they have two kings. So one of their kings is out; the other king is still there. Yeah. Even though we don't see him in this movie. Um, you know, Gorgo is trying to convince the people. She tries to convince Dominic West's character. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, let's let's call him. You know, let's call him Jim. <laughs> Jim, and he ends up raping her. Greek Jim. Greek Jim ends up raping her. His name is Theron. Theron ends up, you know, uh, having the yeah, scene where basically yeah. right. Well, no, he outright rapes her. Yeah, he's like, this will not be. Uh, Whatever he says, this will not be over uh, fast. Yeah, this, this will you will not enjoy this, this or something yeah. like that. Which is, I, we all know that because that's what then. Yeah, yeah, she says to him. Yeah. 
And, you know, so then at the, when they finally meet in the Senate and she's convinced, uh, she, she's granted an audience, Theron goes up and is like, no, she's a whore. She seduced yeah. me and she does seduce the other Greek guy. And she, yeah. You know, she, and she, she's like, oh, hell no. She, she seduced Nikos Papadopoulos. He's like, hey! <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, that's a great scene, too, because that's got our favorite part in mean, our favorite part of any movie where the guy in the background is like oh yeah he's a traitor he's a traitor yeah yeah <laughs> he yelled a murmur 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 traitor murmur <laughs> oh he's got the gold he's got the gold that means he's got persian gold oh <laughs> yeah and then is is he saying that uh gorgo pulls out a sword and stabs him in the stomach and yeah. says the same thing right because you know every feminine character, her little badass moment there. Yeah, because feminine characters also need to be completely masculinized in, in a Zack Snyder movie. Oh sure. Yeah, I mean you can't have any female characters. There's there's there are two modes. It is uh, masculine, uh, completely manly, or there is uh, completely so feminine and ineffectual that you constantly have to be rescued every other scene. Well, no, it's it's that you're so feminine and uh, and ineffectual that you are a quadruple amputee that's completely <laughs> naked in Xerxes' tent. That too. Um, uh, look, guys, we're not, like, we don't have an agenda here. This is just, you know, no, our... This, the yeah. movie, this is the yeah. movie presenting yeah, these, is, and, yeah. that, and there's problems. I mean, you could say that it's a Lady Macbeth moment, you know, come spirits of the wind, unsex me, I have to take measures into my own hands. But at the beginning of the movie... The, you know the the messenger is like, how dare this woman talk to me? And and she's like, you know why why did the, the woman address me like this? And only Spartan women give birth to real men. So. They're they're off to a really good start. I like <laughs> that scene yeah. where she's like, no, I'm standing here and I'm also a part of this. And screw you. Yeah. Um. And she's also still able to be feminine in that scene later where she's with Leonidas and yeah. they have their sexy time moment uh, where she's able to kind of it, that's rare because sometimes it's always either like they're just a sex object or you know if it's a female character who is capable of owning sexuality it's usually in a negative way like yeah. like you know they're just they're just in it, and I can't commit. And you know it's like yeah. that kind of female character. So it's it's they're off to a really good start, and then it just unfortunately the movie doesn't for not really even having another female character in it. Yeah, I mean like, like well let me let me just put it to you this way: in the original book, that Gorgo stuff is not even in it really. All that stuff with yeah. the Senate and so everything. Yeah, I mean that, that's something that's notable that yeah. I think does work. Yeah, and then you know she stabs him in the stomach, and of course he's carrying like a thousand pounds of Persian gold on him at all times. Yeah, he probably should have left that at home. Yeah, it's, a, it's like oh, I'm yeah. undone by my by my love of holding bags of gold. <laughs> you know. You don't have a drawer or something you want to put <laughs> that in? He's you literally know? carrying, like, a bag with a money sign on it, <laughs> right. like the dollar sign. Dollar hasn't even been invented yet, <laughs> and he's holding the, the sack of coins. <laughs> um, yeah, so... This? Oh, I don't know. This is just my laundry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a bag so, of socks. And then all the rest of the senators are in the back, like, oh, it's the gold. Oh, he's a traitor. Oh, we gotta go send someone to help Leonidas. Um... And cut back to Leonidas, and he's surrounded. Uh, the Persians have managed to get around him. Uh, yeah, because the little little yeah. deformed guy, he, uh, yeah. he told him about the goat path, and they go around and take advantage of that. And- yeah, so they surround him. Um, all the Spartans are in like, a little turtle shell with their shields, of, you know, a veritable phalanx. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, all 
Leonidas has to do is he just has to kneel before Xerxes. Xerxes is like, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the way you guys fought. Um, I know this didn't work out the way I wanted, but I'm going to, you know, I'll pardon you. All you have to do is kneel. And so Leonidas takes off his helmet and drops his shield and puts his spear down. And then he's like, Stelios! Psych! <laughs> and, and Stelios is like, dun, 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 Stelios! Dun, 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 Stelios! <laughs> he jumps down and like, Leonidas jumps off him and throws his spear and it just scratches Xerxes. Yeah. Um, and that leads to like, a shower of arrows and all the Spartans are undone. You know, mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're killed. Uh, oh, I, I've completely forgot... After like the se- the second day of battle, he sends uh, Faramir off. He, you know, he lost his eyes. Like, go tell them what happened here. Yeah. Um. You know, rally the troops, and all of that. So and Faramir's like, I won't go. And he's like, <laughs> Get out of here! You gotta go. You, you gotta go. I won't go. Don't make me. Don't do this to me, man. Don't do this to me. He's like, No, man. No. He's like, fine. You know, and he sends, and all the Athenians run off, and all the Thespians run off. He's like, "You're a terrible soldier. <laughs> nobody even likes you." He's like, "You got, you got to just get out of here." He's throwing rocks at him. <laughs> go, go away. Run free, little Bob. Run free. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a Terry and the Hendersons go, reference. Go, Delios. <laughs> yeah, I hate you. I hate you now. Yeah, and he's crying, and they're both crying. It's crying out of one eye. <laughs> um, he. You know, he, and it's like all these Athenians and like, you know, like 700 men went away and only one looked back, you know, and it was, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the the movie cuts back to the Battle of Plataea at the very end of the movie, the Battle of Plataea. And he's like, you know, it's like, we're going to meet Xerxes. And then that's not just going to be 300 Spartans. It's 3000 Spartans led by, you know, 10,000 other. Yeah, it's it's, it's a bunch of people. They, we, they only Nobody, have, only like the first like six guys in the front can actually hear anything you say. <laughs> saying, Everyone in the back is just like, what's going on up there? <laughs> are those the, are we fighting the Bulgarians? <laughs> no, the Persians. Bulgaria is not a country yet. Oh. <laughs> There's a, I keep on imagining like while watching this movie, like the Woody Allen character dressed up as the Spartan <laughs> in the back row. Right. <laughs> Just like like jumping to look up and like see what's going on, <laughs> and it's like all the guys form the phalanx and they put the shield up like you know chin yeah. to chin to shin, and he's like holding the shield up over his head because he can't match the height of the other guys. <laughs> Is this the line for the new Bergman movie? <laughs> Greek food? Oh God, no! It just doesn't agree with me. <laughs> too much, too too much vinegar, too vinegary. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's goat. Is it kosher? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it's. And then of course, you know the the the, the Persians only outnumber us three to one, so we're gonna fight them. You know, it's yeah, like, the odds are with us. You know, yeah. And of course, the the, the Greeks managed to massive victory at the Battle of Plataea. All goes down to history and the and the legend of the three hundred. No. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Opa. <laughs> Remember us. As simple an order as a king can give. Remember why we died. He did not wish tribute or song. No monuments, no poems of war and valor. His wish was simple. Remember us. All right. So some production notes. Let me pull these up real quick. Okay. 
Um, so this movie was actually going to be one of those double movies that you tend to see where um, two rival companies create a um, you know a similar themed movie oh, at the sure. same time, right? Like Armageddon and Deep Impact, yeah, Volcano and Dante's Peak, Ants and uh, Bugs, Bugs Life, Life you mm-hmm. know those type of things. Yep. Um, there was a uh, Michael Mann was actually planning on directing another one at the Ooh. time, and it fell through. Um, so producer Gianni Nuneri. <laughs> I think he's a little biased. Right. Uh, discovered the Frank Miller graphic novel, and he's like, "Hey, we should do this. Uh, what do you think?" Uh, <laughs> it's like Stelios. What do you think? I don't know, Giatti. <laughs> You're driving me crazy. <laughs> You're making me nuts, Stelios. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. So Zack Snyder was hired uh, in June of 2004. He had just finished up uh, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. With it. That was his debut film. Yep. Did wonders at the box office. He was a big hit. They brought him on to direct this. Um, Frank Miller was retained as a consultant and executive producer. Frank Miller actually has, has kind of a history with Hollywood. Um, he was actually one of the graphic designers on uh, RoboCop. Like, oh. he was like... He did all of the design work on RoboCop, and that's part of the reason he tends to have some pretty good relationships in Hollywood. The film is a shot-for-shot adaptation of the comic book. Not really, because there's a lot more wieners in the comic book than <laughs> in in the movie. I mean, like, there's literally yeah. scenes of guys just dongs a-flapping. That's what they should have called this, 300 colon <laughs> dongs a-flapping. 300 dicks. Um, it was supposed to be similar to another Frank Miller adaptation, uh, Sin City. Yeah. Um, you know, and you could see a lot of the influence of Sin City, the movie, on this book in general. Um, of course, you know, as, as Kevin mentioned earlier, that so when you see a lot of the slow motion shots in this movie, it's it's a direct ape of a panel from the comic. Yeah. The movie had two months of pre-production. All, you know, the... I just wanted to mention that because the shield swords and spears from this movie were recycled from both movie Troy and Alexander. Uh, the great, uh, terrible, terrible biopic of by Oliver Stone, Alexander. Ah. Um, it was, it was sixty days of shooting. Um, this film has one thousand five hundred and twenty-three cuts in the movie. Huh. Um, with thirteen hundred visual effect shots, comprising eight thousand six hundred and thirty-one visual visual effect elements. Thirteen cuts a minute. One cut every five seconds in this movie. This movie is like a live-action cartoon. It's it really very, is. And I don't necessarily mean that as a dig, um, although it's certainly not my favorite thing. But it's so green screen. I mean, there's so much just stylized rendering there was, CGI. There was only one shot in the entire film that was not filmed in front of a green screen, and it's actually the opening shot, not the opening shot, but the the first shot of the main movie with the messengers riding over the edge on their horses. Because it was huh. the only one that could not be done in front of a green screen. Wow. Um, the movie grossed $28 million on its opening day, and then in its North American opening weekend was $70 million, uh, breaking the record held by Ice Age, the, the meltdown for biggest opening weekend in the month of March. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, uh, was the third biggest opening for an R-rated movie. Uh, <laughs> it received a standing ovation at its first public premiere, and then it was panned at the press opening, at the press screening hours later. <laughs> <laughs> um, critics are divided. 60% of critics gave the film a positive review on Rotten Tomatoes, based upon a sampling of 225, with an average score of 6.1. Yeah. Metacritic, uh, gave it a 51. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, this movie is kind of like Batman versus Superman, where it's got actually a. It's not as bad as Batman v Superman, but the critic rating is at a sixty, which is Snyder's highest rated movie, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, higher than uh, Dawn of the Dead, which I believe is actually a better movie than this. But mm. um, this movie's great in a lot of other ways, but I think Dawn of the Dead is just like a better done movie, and the audience I think is like at seventy five, seventy eight percent, something like that. Mm. So it's got that that divide that you see play out in Batman versus Superman. I'm actually kind of glad that we went to this movie next after Batman v Superman cuz it's a it's refreshing in a lot of ways. And it's it's not a superhero movie. And it's and B not really. Yeah. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> and it B has it, elements of that. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not so grim. Like that's the thing like I you know a lot of the, the criticism le- rev- leveled against BVS is that it's super grim. Oh, sure. Dark movie. In this movie, there's a lot of comedy to it. I mean, it's not comedy as in, like, da-da-da-da-da-da. No, no, there's, but we we, talk, we hit on some of the one-liners, yeah. and uh, it's definitely, it's very well-paced. I really, I mean, it's about two hours long, give or take. It's about 117 minutes, and it's, um, flies by. It, it, it's really well-paced. Um, you kind of get right into it. There's not a lot of build-up. There are only one or two moments that kind of slow things down. Um, but th- it's all forgivable. Yeah. Um, I do like a lot of... I mean, it was, it was kind of hard to... You know, Sin City was sort of the first movie that looked like this. This movie did kind of escalate some of that but i still really like it if it's weird to contextualize it now because i feel like we've seen this so much but yeah the blood splatter and the slow motion um not quite 3d but like how things are kind of popping off the screen in a weird sort of way like because it's so green screen like you know you're I think because it feels like a cartoon in a lot of ways, like a live action animated movie, um, all of those green screen effects I think are more forgivable. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think what Snyder was attempting to do here and what it's kind of like probably when we eventually get to Sin City, what Rodriguez does in Sin City is they try to make a live action comic book more mm-hmm. than like a live action cartoon or right yeah. yeah so they're trying to bring the comic book to life and especially easier it's much easier to do in a highly stylized book like Sin City or 300 you know Frank Miller's style is that blocky heavily square jawed um dark shadowed grotesque grotesquely human characters even the heroes are pretty grotesque in the movies i mean yeah leonidas with his beard it's like can you make that beard any square you know it's like <laughs> yeah. i have a beard it's like to to get that is just I, I don't even know it's like you don't even see like the bristles it just looks like a big black mon like a yeah. animal on his face mm-hmm. <laughs> um it was actually his pet cat the entire time just <laughs> curled up he's my pet cat athena she's on my face <laughs> yeah. um yeah, I mean, like, I think part of my, my criticism with it is, this movie came out in 2007, there's there's some very, very weird East versus West symbolism in the book that I think doesn't play true to the actual realities of the what the book is about. The book was written pre-September 11th, the movie came out post-September 11th, I think the movie 
took it in a weird direction, kind of, yeah. than the book originally did. I mean, it's kind of hard. I might be reading into this because of the world I live in. Mm-hmm. But the movie is kind of this idea of a militarized society that values freedom and democracy and this idea of freedom mm-hmm. versus this evil Eastern Empire that's coming to take over. Right. This this bastion of, of freedom. In reality, Greece is not... It, they have a king. They have slaves. And they're... You know, the reason... And we mentioned it earlier. The reason why they're able to be a militaristic society is because they have slaves doing just about everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and they... The, even the, the real, real, in quotes, democracy is Athens and... The Spartans do nothing but malign the Athenians throughout yeah. the entire thing. You know, they're weak and they're boy lovers, which, yeah. you know, it's like, come on. That's re- such a, right, that's yeah. such a, like, a cliched kind it, of gag it's, to say. It's in the comic, so, I sure. mean, but I mean, like, what was Miller saying at that time? I mean, it's kind of like weird modern dialogue that put in the mouths of Leonidas, which is not, you know, doesn't ring true. Yeah. Um, I think that's where part of the the thing falls apart for me is kind of that approach to it. That being said, it, I thoroughly enjoy the hell out of it. It's this this machismo kind of bromance movie that really doesn't exist anymore. I'm sure that we can come up with a lot of examples now, like if we kind of think about it, but this is such a... Uh, it is a sort of a weirdly unique. It it is almost an artifact. It yeah. It's 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 like a it's like a um, like an out of place artifact. Like this shouldn't be existing in this time period. I mean, it's like you got to look back to like the Magnificent Seven or mm-hmm. um probably some other movies that we'll mention later. But like like a lot of World War Two movies are like that, where it's this a group of men who are brought together by the situation, yeah. and they're going to succeed or you know. Uh, they're gonna they either win or they fail together, you know. And it's this this idea of camaraderie and I would say in some ways outdated notions that don't really exist in the world like they yeah. you know like they would back then. And this is hearkening to an age where, of course, men are gonna go out and fight and do you know do their their battle. Yeah, it's this it's this kind of funny. So maybe this is a little bit underscored because something that I wrote down that I that kind of occurred to me as I was watching it, and maybe this is kind of underscoring. We're, maybe we're sort of dancing around this. Um, it's it's very hard for me to tell where the movie lands, um, where the movie stands on the Spartans' kind of hubris. Oh yeah, um, because you know what makes them capable uh, and so powerful and so capable of standing up to Xerxes the way that they do um, is this whole Spartans are the the best around you know it's, it's reflected in the things that you know the queen says it's reflected in things that he says they you know they weed out at birth you know yeah. with the with the babies eugenics like, you know which is which is that's directly why Leonardo, Leonardo. Every time I I did that like ten times when I was taking notes. I, every time I started to write Leonidas, I started writing Leonardo. It was a weird <laughs> muscle memory thing for some reason. Um, the reason that Leonidas rejects Ephialtes is that same hubris, right? He says like, "No, nah, you're just 
you know, you're not good, you're enough. Not good enough to be a Spartan warrior. Even though he's standing there, they need guys. He's willing to lay it all out. He's willing to die. You know, for for you know the way that they are all willing to die. He's right there with them, and he's like, no, you can't. You're just not good enough. So on the one hand, I think the movie wants us to kind of understand and respect that. Yeah, and yet. That's how they lose because Ephialtes goes off and is like, fine, screw you guys, betrays them, and that's how they lose. So it's hard for me to tell where the movie's taking sides. Maybe it's trying not to take sides, but it's always a little awkward when a movie doesn't have a stance like that because then it's just kind of like, okay, so what? So what are you telling me then? Yeah. These, who are the good guys here? You you assume it's the 300. Yeah. Well, I, I, the I, the good guy, the three hundred obviously are the good guys, and I think that's part of that He Man Macho Club mm-hmm. that that they're that I'm that I'm talking about with this movie is that uh, that you're supposed to be like, yeah, they are the best, of course. I mean, they're America; they're mm-hmm. going to be the best at what they do, and yet it's that same. <laughs> you yeah. know, the hubris that leads them to be the best is their downfall. Directly yeah. leads to their downfall. They don't just lose because they're outnumbered and they were always going to lose. They lose specifically because... Yeah. I I think that's the the glorification of that hubris is kind of the thing that a lot of people don't realize is happening with the movie when they're watching it. Is that, like, this movie's making us believe that like yeah they are the best and they should go out there and do this because they are this is what they have to do but it's like not necessarily i mean <laughs> if they like, examine the situation xerxes deal is not really a bad deal xerxes is actually <laughs> right. a, a pretty good ruler the persian the persian empire is not as evil as it actually seems in this movie they were uh, they were a pretty decent you know empire in the in the long run yeah but the the it's it's that the the it's the glorification of the hubris of this movie and it's that it's it's a good thing that they have this hubris i almost said hubris <laughs> <laughs> and it, I, and that's what that's the i think the weird issue with the movie and i, I think a lot of people don't really realize it is that it, yes it is their hubris that it's their downfall but it's never portrayed that way right but it it's so weird because if you just think about it for 5 seconds it is yeah. i mean if they're so the problem is that this is not an underdog story. Not really. This is, I mean, it. well, it's set up as if it is. Yes. But they're the greatest warriors and they're, you know, they respect their women. Well, some of them do. Uh, as long as you're not Dominic West, you respect your women. And, you know, you you are capable. I mean, that's how it's portrayed. That Sparta's, you know, the place to be. You know, Athens is, you know, that's a good place for boy lovers, you know. But over here, this is this is it. This is where you want to be. These are the guys that you got to, you know, yeah. he's like, yeah, awesome Sparta. But, you know, like if they had Sparta bumper stickers, like back in the day, like they had trucks, you'd have like a, you know, like a Spartan peeing on the Persian yeah. Empire on the back of your truck. Sparta, love it or leave it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could pry my, my spear from my cold, dead hands. It's just funny. President it's, Xerxes. It's, it's just funny because they're not a scrappy team no. that you're going to kind of root for. They're just like... These fierce, highly trained warriors yeah, who are happy to die. It's, it's like, like 
like, then I don't. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, it, it, there's a weird. There's thing. nothing to really root for because it's such a foregone conclusion. I guess it's it's like literally the main characters of the movie are Team Iceland from Mighty Ducks three or whatever <laughs> Mighty Ducks two. Right. You know, whatever one where they're they're fighting in the national championships against. It's like that team that has to go up against like a thousand other like people that are you know a thousand other Mighty Ducks. You know, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird, and I I like that. But the weird thing about it is is that it's. Well, you're saying it's a relic. It's this type of movie is a relic because we're so ingrained now to respond to the underdog that to have the idea of these guys are already the best. Like the only way that this could be a fair fight is if it is 300 versus, you know, 100,000. Right. Right. It's sort of like, you know, the go back to the war movies, like the American soldiers who get separated from, yeah. you know, the rest of the army, the platoon gets separated and then they've got to get their, you know, make it across yeah. enemy lines and they're outnumbered, but they're the Americans, so yeah. they're the best and they're going to win. Yeah, you know? it's, it's like a good, a good example of that is uh, um, The Great Escape. Like, yeah. you have all these prisoners who are trying to get out, and it's not until the American Steve McQueen shows up that the plan can actually happen. <laughs> right. He's like, it's okay, guys, American and, here. And it's actually, what's really funny to bring up The Great Escape is that it constantly, in that movie, goes back to, like, this prison's not that bad. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's like Grand Illusion as well. It's like any movie where it's like, you're a prisoner, and it's like, it's, you're going to try to escape. It's yeah. your your duty is to try to, to escape. escape. Yep. But really, it's not like you're being misused. You know, yeah. you're not being... The uh, Geneva Convention. If I learned anything from Hogan Heroes is that the Geneva Prevent Convention prevented soldiers from be being greatly mistreated. Right. right. <laughs> and all the Germans are Doomkoffs. So, I mean, like... <laughs> Doomkoffs. I know nothing. <laughs> awesome. Hogan... <laughs> So I guess I, I guess that's a lot of it. I, I mean, I think my only real negatives to say about this movie is, you know, that there's sort of a, a, a real lack of focus on the story of, like, the movie's kind of perspective, which leads yeah. it to just be a lot of stuff to look at, a lot of really cool, pretty stuff to look at, yeah. but nothing of any real... Yeah, real narrative substance. Yeah, this um, is a movie of style versus substance. Yeah, where, but that, but the style's really good. Yeah, <laughs> but that, and that's the thing is like you can do a movie of you can have a movie with a lot of style and not a ton of substance as long as the style is really really good. I mean, um, you could go to the further the far end of the spectrum and look at a movie like Fantasia. I know you're not a huge Fantasia fan. Oh, I like Fantasia. Oh, no, I'm thinking another friend of mine who's oh, not a okay. big Fantasia fan. But like, you look at Fantasia, Fantasia is a movie of zero narrative substance, but it is all style. Like, no, how well, is it's it? music yeah. and it's vignettes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's not trying to be a, a, a story. But that's what I'm saying. Story. It's on the far, far end of right, the spectrum right, right. where it does it incredibly well. Mm -hmm. And then you have a movie like this where it's like this is kind of a weird macho He-Man interpretation where it's a music video with, you know, guitars and it's it is a music know. video, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's like a like a, a music video for like not like a really good black metal band, but like a like an Evanescence. <laughs> See, I was thinking of like the wanted video from Jean Bon Jovi. <laughs> well, okay. I was thinking more of like Evanescence where it's just like there's like this, like all these guys with like long hair who are like playing and swinging the guitar, and there's the girl who's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like it's like that. God, <laughs> yeah, and 2007, yeah. I'm not a big Evanescence fan, so no. I couldn't name anything by them. I, you know, it's like that type, like Wake where me up 
Arkansas. <laughs> they do that one. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. I have no idea. It's like that really kind <laughs> yeah, of crappy mid two thousands like music that we just absolutely hate. Yeah. That, you oh know, yeah. You know. Ugh. Yeah. It is like, but that's like what it's a. It's a rock video with not a lot of actual substance. I mean, like, the, the, what morals can you take from this? It, it, it's like oh there aren't any no and then yeah. that's and that's due to the real the lack of focus i mean the the moral yeah. is that yeah i mean if you're this sort of macho character that doesn't really exist in real life like you know to the extent that these guys do i mean this is crazy yeah you know if you're that character then this is what you're going to do and it's again it's a foregone conclusion like you know exactly how this is all going to turn out and yeah. not just because you know it's based on actual events not in that sense but in the sense of like as soon as they go out they know that this is not going to work yeah <laughs> i mean well, they don't the, plan for it to work he specifically yeah, takes people who are like it's fine if you die, die. Yeah. he says that in the beginning like i want I, you know they have to have sons who can carry the family name. Yeah. Like, we're not coming back. None and, of us are and, coming back. And that's the thing is, like, it's, you could say that, like, oh, they're taking a stand based on their principles, but what principles are they are they fighting for? Like, it, like when you really step back and you look at the 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 history of it, it's like... <laughs> like, you mess with Sparta? You mess with Sparta. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, like, oh, yeah, the ability for a bunch of landowners to own slaves. That's what we're <laughs> fighting for. Right. I mean, this is like, it would be like if a bunch of Confederates, like, you take this and it's like a bunch of Confederates, like, 300 Confederates fighting against the Union Army. And you're like, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Persia didn't have slaves of their own. They did. But it's like, it's more about the idea of taking a stand and dying for your beliefs as opposed to actually what any of those beliefs are. Yeah. Like, sometimes maybe you should rethink your beliefs. Yeah, they're yeah. they're glossed over here. I mean, they yeah. cherry-picked the, the best stuff to make it look like, yeah. you know, they were sort of, uh, you know, us. They yeah. had our morals, right? Yeah. And one last... Yeah. Yeah, our morals. <laughs> Once American again, morals. American morals. Western morals. Yeah. Spreadly Nice didn't have, like, an M16 as he's, like, jumping out and shooting everyone. <laughs> um... One last thing, I just, I just, I really wanted to hit on the point of like the grotesque nature of the enemy and like how they made him so, so black skinned and like or ogreish and decadent and and yeah. Gr- I don't think the decadence and like the prosthetic is too bad, but I do really take kind of note to the fact that the Spartans are not very dissimilar from the Persians in in terms of like their look. They got the whitest guys ever: Gerard Butler, um, uh, Dominic West, uh, um, you know, Fastbender, Fastbender, and... Wenham. These are all British white guys. Yeah. Like, the, if you can get any whiter, you'd have to go to like f- the Sammy portion of Finland to get more whiter <laughs> people than the people they got for this movie. And then for the bad guys, they get you know Rodrigo Santoro, like these these dark skinned, yeah. Uh, you know, Hispanic and Arab and and Indian people to play the bad guys, and I'm just like, that was a conscious choice. Yeah, I mean, they wanted this this other who yeah. came from from distant lands. Yeah, I mean, right? it's I I don't normally get too offended by that, but if like you could see in the book itself that the Spartans are not do not look like. 
the Spartans in the movie. They are they are olive skinned. They have black hair. They have you know braids. They have beards. They look like kind of what we would imagine an ancient Greek to look like, or at least they do kind of look like Nicholas Papadopoulos, who runs the Gyros stand. <laughs> right. You know, they maybe not have the big pot belly and yelling at their kid, but they they do kind of look like that. And you have this movie where I I I find it more offensive that they picked the whitest of the white people to play these parts. Um, when you could have easily have had people who are darker skinned to play these parts. Yeah, it wouldn't have changed the the narrative or the look of the movie at all. At all. And no, it's, it's, no. I, I find it a, a relatively offensive point that they did that. I mean, not saying anything. I love Jer- I love Wenham. I love Fassbender. I, I, I shouldn't say I love Gerard Butler, but he's great in this movie. He's yeah. He's hard to to think of anyone else doing that now at this point. No, I mean to, to like he does such a great job. Yeah, I mean he personifies that character in such a way. I mean he even mentioned I and when I'm in my reading for the for the notes, it's like he had a hard time like doing actual acting because they wanted to hit so many of the comics notes that he's like, no, you have to have this specific pose and do the specific thing in order for it to work. Yeah. But so working inside those confines, I think he even did a great job because. It's so memorable of a part. I mean, you think of like action characters from the le- from the late two thousands. There's very few that are as memorable as King Leonidas in Three Hundred. Gerard Butler. Yeah. yeah. All right, so recasting. Okay. Uh, Kevin's excited about this one. <laughs> um, so I, my only problem with this is that I saw so when I originally thought this out, I was like, let's just do this like a straight up action movie of 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 the eighties, like a like a real like inc- like you called it uh, Expendables before the Expendables, the Expendables, like Expendables prequel. prequel. Yeah, all the character, all the actors who would go on to be in the Expendables, Expendables. but they're all in their prime. prime. Yeah, like just like straight up in their prime. And now this is. Uh, the, the you know my only problem is, is like there's some overlap with what we did last week with the buddy cop thing because we also did 80s buddy cop movie yeah but okay. I was like whatever it's a theme there's a it's it's still Snyder we're still kind of reeling from that episode anyway yeah we're so. still we're still dealing with the after effects of the Zack Snyder episode <laughs> um so let's uh oh dang it I just lost my list okay so let's start it off who was your Gerard Butler <laughs> who was your Leonidas <laughs> who played Gerard Butler um. I think I, there's going to be some overlap. So. Uh, maybe. Uh, I, uh, I I went back and forth on a couple, and I, I switched around a lot. I did, I, too. I cast it a lot, and then I would have a better idea for someone, and so then, but I really wanted them in my movie. Uh, so you have to know, or you have to, 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 to think of him saying the iconic line. Mm-hmm. Madness. <laughs> I did Stallone as well. Ah, yes. In his prime. Yeah, it's like, of course we're going to die. We're 300 Spartans. (laughs) I can count. There's one, two, three, (laughs) four, five, 300. I don't need to count. We're Spartans. (laughs) You coming at me? No, I'm going to go at you. (laughs) Believe it. You can believe (laughs) <laughs> you know what? 
if you can like me and I can like I can like Xerxes, then why can't we all get along? <laughs> Come back to <laughs> last okay. Forget it, Leonidas. It's over. <laughs> Nothing is over. <laughs> yeah. Cut me, Delios. <laughs> Cut me. Yeah, I, I, we 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 had the same idea. Oh here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to I want to uh, frame the rest of mine by knowing who the director is. Okay. So who's your director? Um, I I I went with um um um. I gotta I gotta bring it up real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh John Milius. I went with John Milius okay. uh, from from Conan. Sure, um, yeah. he's, he's a go-to for me. I love I love his work, and I think he could capture the epic kind of feel of it. Um, yeah. Conan, of course, early eighties. Cool, you know? yeah. That would that would fit. That would fit the style. I treated this as uh, a very high budget ensemble, um, and given the time frame, uh, I went with James Cameron. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and right. so I, I that'll that'll set up a little bit of. Uh, well, then I, I know who your Queen Gorgo is. <laughs> Sigourney Gurney. Weaver. Oh, really? Oh, I was thinking, uh, what's her face? Sarah Connor. Oh, uh, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Yeah, that could have uh, been good. Which is actually funny because uh, uh, Lena Headey played uh, Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor yes. Chronicles. Yeah. Yep. No, I uh, I wanted someone. My uh, I wanted you know I wanted that that to, to have a little bit more. Kick ass, yeah. Um, someone who could, she could do it too. Could I could see her throw playing a few that punches part. Yeah. during that during those scenes. Just yeah, I could really see her playing that part. That's a yeah. good pick. It's a little better than mine. Who's yours? Um, I went with Brigitte Nielsen. Oh, <laughs> sure. Speak of John Milius. Yes. Uh, well, actually, she wasn't in uh in Conan. I don't think uh, Milius directed Red Sonia, but uh, Brigitte Nielsen, of course, was the girlfriend of Sylvester Stallone in the nineteen eighties. Oh. Red Sonia. Uh, she also starred with him in Cobra. <laughs> yeah, oh, Cobra. Yes, it's a terrible movie. It's where everyone <laughs> learned what an Uzi is. That's ah, true. Um, but yeah, of course, you know she's a uh, she's one of my favorites. And I I I still think she's beautiful in the nineteen eighties in like a weird sort of like like she would crush me sort of way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next one on my list is your Theron. Who'd you go for your Theron? My bad guy. I have two. So in case now, one of them's yours. Now they went with Dominic West in three hundred, and he's still pretty beefy which i thought was kind of odd for the character because he doesn't actually go out and do any fighting um so he didn't really need to be a big action star in my mind um so i went with a go-to sort of uh shady guy of the era who i thought could play it that way and that is the character does he count as a character actor miguel ferrer oh miguel ferrer nice yeah he would I like, like the look. <laughs> Why? Why does he have a Spanish accent? <laughs> yeah, we're all over the place. We got Italians. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's like Greece. I'm Italian. No, Miguel Ferrer. That's a good one. Yeah. What was he? What was he in? In like around that time? I can't think of anything. Um. Shoot. Where did I pull him from? I looked at so many movies. I'm not sure where I saw him come up. Well, anyway. Um. So for mine, I, I have two picks because I thought you were gonna go with one of these for sure. Um. For the classic 80s villain, I went with someone of a little special idea. I went with Alan Rickman. Nice. I think he'd be great. It's like, this will neither be slow, nor will you enjoy it. <laughs> um, he, was my, he was my go-to. I was like, ah. But I was like, Kevin might pick Rickman. So my second choice was he really didn't become a bad guy until much later, but I went with James Woods as my backup. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what am I going to do? 
I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna take, of course, I'm gonna take the gold from the Persians. <laughs> you know, like this, that fast talking guy that he gets stabbed. He's like, oh god, <laughs> ah, my gold, oh, my gold, I'm dropping my gold everywhere. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he's like on the ground with a sword through his back, picking up his gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, piece of gold. Um, <laughs> piece of gold. Um, so next up, we went with Delios. Yes. Uh, also the narrator, of course. So you have to kind of remember. You have to think about getting the voice. Um, someone who you really want to listen to through the whole movie. Um, but I also wanted to keep that thing I said about the Expendables, uh, where we where we get a lot of those key guys from the era yeah. just to make it fun, real big budget ensemble. Mel Gibson. Oh, nice. He would make you do really good uh, on the on the voice. I didn't really think of the the narrative, the narrator aspect of it when I picked mine. So it's, the, it's okay. gonna be really funny when you hear who it is. Who is it? <laughs> um. I just want to like Mel Gibson would 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 nail that. Oh though. yeah, he would he would he would have that kind of feel to it. Um, I went with um, one of my favorites when it comes to eighties action movies. It's the JCVD John Claude Van Damme. Nice, some Van Damme. That is funny. I, that is funny. Thinking of the narration, I I, I did not put Jean Claude in my movie. I wanted to, but he's the muscles from Brussels. I know. I wanted to so badly. Couldn't you just see the scene where they're fighting the immortals and he does like a split kick? Like, yeah. it takes out two of them. <laughs> He's the only Spartan who's yeah. doing all these, like, Taekwondo moves. <laughs> He's, like, doing Gymkata or something like that. <laughs> He's just... You'd be, be like, the story of Leonidas. I love the idea of this movie where they're all supposed to be from the same city-states. <laughs> yeah, they're all just... And for some reason, it's just, like... We got an Italian. We got a Italian from the from Brooklyn. You got a guy from Brussels. You got Brigitte Nielsen, who's like from Russia. I don't know if you know where she's from. East Germany. Zero consistency. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, next up, uh, Captain. Who's your captain? My captain. Oh, Captain. My oh, Captain. My captain is. Now, I wanted my. I knew that if this movie existed in the 1980s, there was going to be at least one former pro wrestler. Ooh. And I wanted someone who could have come up with. Um, because he's supposed to be roughly the same age as Leonidas, and yeah. so they, they kind of fought together in the same wars, I guess. Yeah. So he needed to be able to, to compete with him on that level. Uh, but I didn't want him to be too crazy. But still a little crazy. So I went with the former governor of Minnesota. Oh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Jesse the Body, the body Ventura. <laughs> I, I want to quote you so many. You want to quote Predator. So many Predator quotes. <laughs> well, there's only one that matters. Yeah. Makes you goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> goddamn sexual um, tyrannosaurus. I went with... A, I went with... Goddamn. <laughs> I actually really wanted Carl Weathers. I, I was, gonna, <laughs> I was the, thinking uh, you were going to pull Carl Weathers. But for some reason, I, I just, you know, I love to play with the race on the characters. Oh my and God, at this Carl point, Weathers it wouldn't have mattered. So, so great. Let's call him my uh, my Back alternate him. pick. Uh, I kind of want to pick him. No, I went with a little more stately of, a, of an actor. I went with an, a, more of an, not an action Mr. star. Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> Sir Lawrence. <laughs> It'll make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> nice. um, he would, no, it would be... Um, I want someone a little more stately, an action star of kind of the 1970s, bringing mm -hmm. it in. Um, he's not really an action star, but he's starting in a lot of like action-ish movies. I went with uh, Martin Sheen. Oh. So I guess you could say who plays my Astinos? Emilio Estevez? Uh, or no, Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Charlie Sheen, okay. As my Astinos. Nice. Astinos! <laughs> my Astinos 
it was uh, one that I had switched around a lot, and I ended up placing him. And there was a moment I had this guy cast as a, as a different character until I saw his death scene where he turned around and was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and I went, "Oh, that should be Keanu Reeves." Ah, nice. Very young Keanu yeah, Reeves because I mean, he... Bill and Ted was eighty nine. I mean, he was acting all throughout the eighties, yeah, but he, he really was wasn't that... a household name. Oh, what's that movie where he plays the French Canadian hockey player? Uh, Blood. God dang it! Um, I you know I really don't know a lot about his his eighties output. I mean, I know that he was working, and so I was fine with kind of having him in the movie. But you realize he doesn't even really have that many lines, so no. it's not like he had to be a significant screen presence. But you know, he just he would have been. Oh yeah, for sure. Where, where is it? Youngblood. That's what it is. Youngblood. Oh, okay. He plays a French Canadian hockey player, eh? He's like, oh, you really hit him hard on that one. <laughs> why, why are you? Why is it suddenly? Uh, well, I mean, because well, he's French Canadian. <laughs> he had done. Yeah, I mean, prior to that, I mean, I mean, well, he was like Little Women was like the like one dangerous liaisons yeah. he was in. So I mean, he had some significant roles. I would say, I mean. Given our ages, I mean, I think Bill and Ted is the first time I was aware of. Oh yeah, Keanu, for sure. Keanu Reeves. Was. I didn't know what Youngblood was till like the late nineties. So. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, all uh, right. So yeah, that's my Keanu. So I've got we've got a couple left. Yeah. Who is your Stelios? Dun dun dun. Stelios. My Stelios was my Keanu Reeves, and I'm really glad that I switched it because my Stelios is Patrick Swayze. Nice. <laughs> I I wanted it so badly. Now I really wanted. Um, Kurt Russell in this movie, but I want Kurt Russell in every movie, and I yeah. sort of I think I put him. He he's he's my he was my Batman last time, so I was like yeah. I, I can't keep putting the same people in every movie. Well, originally, my Stelios is the guy that I have on uh and re- I have on uh, not blackmail, but I I've blackballed a little bit from these lists, uh, and that yes. you know, that's my re- oh yeah I'm gonna tell you that's gonna be my Bruce. Oh, yeah, your Bruce, but yes. no, no, I I backed off because I was like I have to fit this guy into this movie. So I went with Arnold Schwarzenegger as my Stelios. Nice. Then we all fight them in the shed. Nice. <laughs> we'll do this. He could have been the narrator of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like King Leonidas. We need him at the Battle of Plataea. <laughs> I really him. wanted, actually, Arnold. Originally, my other Leonidas was uh, because Arnold. I just really wanted to hear, like, Sparta. Like, I just, I needed that. Girly man, we'll Get fight to you. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Billy! Speaking of, <laughs> I don't know, I, um, but okay. So then, um, uh, who is your Xerxes? I have two Xerxes as well. My Xerxes, you didn't pick because you just mentioned him. My <laughs> Xerxes is my Arnold, <sighs> and that's why I wanted Cameron to direct because I think like I was trying to think of like you know it's hard because with doing this as an ensemble you've got all these leading men it's like how do you talk them into you know how would that come about of like being a supporting actor in that way and playing the villain it's like after the terminator he's played a villain so it's like yeah he'd do it for cameron they'd work something out he'd get paid a lot of money yeah but he'd come out and it would just be ridiculous yeah i'm no i i completely agree with you on that one all covered in the jewelry (laughs) i i went with the incredibly racist stereotyping that they went with in the movie and i went with probably one of the tallest action stars of all time kareem abdul jabbar oh from game of death yeah yeah and uh been cool also from conan the destroyer he also believes in that one as well 
Uh, so yeah, and he's already like ten foot tall, so it's like you don't even do like that much CG. You have I could see him being one of those, you know, emissaries, maybe the one who gets kicked uh, oh, off yeah. the, uh, the into the pit in the beginning. And <laughs> that would be Carl Weathers. Yeah, like speaking, you put all the eighties black action stars as all the villains in the movie. Or my my backup one for that was uh, another guy that I kind of wanted to put in the movie is Steven Seagal. <laughs> like nice, like ah, oh, it's like the squinty eye, like sitting <laughs> in the chair. He's like, this tiny little guy with a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> It's like he's he's not Persian. He's just squinty eyed. <laughs> um, and now uh, the last one I have is your Effialtes, mm-hmm. uh, and that is uh, we we might yeah, have you, the same one. Oh, you put the aforementioned Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. <laughs> That's why I figured when you mentioned that earlier. It's like, all right, what I want to be and to give him up. I want gold. I want women with really big boobs. You got a woman with really big boobs. And I want a hat. I want a pointy hat. It's like, we didn't even put makeup on him. <laughs> he just showed up like that. He showed, I would love to see the scene with Schwarzenegger uh, with, with Stallone, like, sitting there eating, like, and he's got the shield and everything. Yeah. And, like, Danny DeVito just waddles up <laughs> with the shield. He's like, I'm here to be party army. <laughs> <laughs> what you can't you can't even raise oh, your arm shut up i can raise my arm <laughs> i just don't want to i can speak clearer than you <laughs> so ah, he just gives it up he like, walks off <laughs> um all right so that's that's about it who is yours you didn't say oh yours. i'm sorry i didn't i didn't say mine at all um mine of course a uh, classic 80s kind of kind of like villain he's kind of he's more of a henchman but i went with michael ironside Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I just like Michael Ironside. I just think he, he he's one of those guys that you're like, ooh, that's Michael Ironside. <laughs> it's good to have him get work. Starship Troopers, Michael Ironside. Yeah. They took the little ones. He's down. Frodo. Where is Frodo? I let Frodo go. Then you did what I could not. I tried to take the ring from him. Beyond our reach now. Forgive me. I did not see. I have failed you all. No, Boromir. You fought bravely. You have kept your honor. Leave it. It is over. Uh, he could be Casper Van Dien's chin could have played someone. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, Kevin's pick for top three. Uh, we were going to do something like, uh, battle scenes, but I thought that that was a little bit generic. On um, the nose. Too on the nose. Too on the nose. So, uh, it was actually Joe's idea to do the top three last stands. Yes. That heroic last stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the caveat of no Lord of the Rings. And, that, and that's because Lord of the Rings has like six last stands. I mean, there's a, there's a couple. I mean, the, the real <laughs> the real big one is, is Boromir's last stand. That's yes, like the, that's that's the, the big, big one. That's the big go-to. Yeah. And it's a great scene. So this was the Lord of the Rings, Free. you know, just just yeah. just push, putting that aside in its own special little category. We yeah. could have done our top three Lord of the Rings last stands. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to just open it up, do a couple of others. Uh, so your number three. My number three is actually um, one of my favorite movies from 1964. Um, a little, uh, probably not well as well known anymore. It's getting kind of resurgence because it's on Netflix all the time now. But Zulu. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I looked into that one a little bit. I, I don't know that I've ever seen it. Um, great early Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's basically the story of the Zulu Wars and uh, the story of Rourke's Drift with a bunch of uh, bunch of British guys just kind of stuck inside of a, this little tiny makeshift fort that they have to fight against the entire Zulu nation, essentially. And it's a great story of British, like... You know, they're all in their red coats with their pith helmets and they're, you know, they're singing like an English man is is they're shooting like the natives. Like it's so imperialistic nonsense. Yikes. But it's it's such a, a great it's a well done movie and it's it's kind of like 300. It takes a lot. I think 300 takes a lot of its influence from a movie like this where it's how do you have a last stand last the entire movie okay. with it still being interesting. And I think, you know, what you said about 300 where it keeps moving, you never really feel like a drag. Zulu does that. Nice. And what's your number three? Well, my number three, and this is actually uh, unprecedented. We've never done this before, but I think it's allowable. Um, and even though as we get into uh, our final thoughts, um, it'll probably become a little clearer, but I actually went with, we're just talking about the last stands. Um, the inspiration of this list, the movie we're talking about, I put uh, 300 as my number three. That is pretty unprecedented. I, I think it's just, if, if that's what you're kind of talking about, that is a quintessential one, and uh, it's yeah. the whole movie, <laughs> so yes. you can't have the movie without it. I don't know we were able to do that. We're able to do that. <laughs> we're able to do whatever we want. Yeah. So what are your feelings on the movie three? No, <laughs> just said. Um, it's this good movie. It's all right. No. Um, so my number two. Um my number two, this is really a hard one because I kind of, uh, it's it's one or the other, but I ended up going with um, Captain Miller's last stand in Saving Private Ryan. Okay, um, sure. It's the end of the movie. He, you know, They're trapped in this small German town trying to get Private Ryan. They finally get him, um, and they're surrounded. The Germans are on their way. They have to hold out. Um, you know, everyone's getting slaughtered in, in his little platoon. Um, and Tom Hanks, of course, is Captain Miller. The very end of the movie, and this is the specific part I'm talking about, he's, you know, he, they have to take out this tiger tank that's coming. This massive, th- and of course they go with the tiger tank, which is like the biggest tank that they had in World War II that the Germans had. Monstrous lumbering thing. And they're trying to blow it up and everything like that. They can't get to it. Uh, Tom Hanks is leaning up against a motorcycle with a pistol in his hand, shooting at this monstrous tank. And as he's about to die, he's taking so many bullets, he's about to die. All of a sudden, the, he's shooting at the tank, and then one bullet hits the tank, and the tank explodes. <laughs> and then you realize that the American Air Force has finally come in and blew up right. the tank. And it's this wonderful, glorious scene. I mean, not yeah. to mention all the things beforehand, Barry Pepper shooting outside the the the, the church tower, like all yeah. these classic Ugh. elements. Um, it's just a... Very well done, and that movie should have won Best Picture in 1998 <laughs> instead of Shakespeare in Love. I will stand by that as one of the yeah. one of the Oscars' biggest missteps yeah. of all times. Maybe Goodfellas not winning in 1990 being a, a close second. Yeah. Um, what's your number two? It's a bad one. Um, my number two, my number two is one that might. Uh, well, you've already studied, unless this is your number one. I, I this might be on your. I list, bet you this, this is, is a big one uh, that everyone loves. Movie that I really need to revisit because it's been a long time since I've okay, seen I, it. Yeah, and that is. The, the professional. professional. Yeah, it's my number one. <laughs> yep. yep, 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 yep. Well, why don't you talk about it then? Since, well, I mean, uh, no, it's your number one. We could talk about it. I mean, uh, how much you want to... Leon, the professional. Leon, I don't the like pro- calling it Leon, colon, the professional. I just always call it the professional. the professional. Well, I mean, that's what we were exposed to. I mean, we don't, you know... 
It, it, I, I see. Like, we, I, we never, we never. I feel heard, like it changed yeah. at some point, and they were it like did. the original he, title was supposed to be Leon or something like yeah. that, and then they combined them. It was yeah. weird. Yeah, I agree. No, I mean it's a fantastic ending. I mean, you have this whole thing with you know uh, 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 John Renault playing mm-hmm. this hitman for hire who has a code. It's very samurai esque. I yep. mean. Of course, um, and it's been done so many times. I mean, when you when you look into this list, you get a lot of movies like The Last Samurai. Yeah, um, any of those where it's the one guy kind of doing that final stand. Well, it's it's what's his face, the director, Fifth Element guy. Why can't I think of his name right now? Um, you know, they do this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. I don't know. Um, why we can't but yeah, you have this this idea of this of the of this guy with a code, this killer with a code. He takes in this little girl, of course, and. Uh, you know he's he's being essentially hounded. Luke Besson. Luke Besson. Sorry. He's uh <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, he's being hounded by Gary Oldman's police chief, who's corrupt as well, or yeah. police and uh, detective who's being who's corrupt as well. Mm-hmm. And it all leads up to this great scene at the end where he sends uh he sends Natalie Portman's character, this girl that he's been taking care of, away with his plant that he's been taking care of the entire movie. And right. you know he's going to die. Like that's the part of it that's great is that he's like, there's no way I'm going to get out of this. Yes. You know, I'm going to die. And, you know, as he's leaving his, his apartment building, surrounded by SWAT teams, um, Gary Oldman's character, of course, comes out and does a punk-ass move and shoots him right in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, like, oh, you're like, oh, you're yeah. so, oh this is so bad. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to get that Gary Oldman. Oh, Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman is so great in that movie, too. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the greater, like, corrupt detectives next to... Um, like uh, I could get a name off a few, but but he's he's great in that where he shoots him in the back, and then you know Leon falls down dead, and Gary Oldman turns him over, and he you know he whispers in his ear, he puts something in his hand, he goes, "This is for you." Or no, he does he say Natalie Portman's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah something I like that. So. It's like this is for you know so whatever, and he puts it in his hand, and then Gary Oldman looks at it, and it's this ring. He's like, "What the heck?" And then he realizes that it's a the, pins from a grenade right. or a couple grenades. And that it just explodes and the whole building takes off. Oh, it's such a, it's so cathartically that's it. good. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's one of the the. As soon as we started thinking about this list, it was like, yeah, yeah oh yeah, 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 that's gonna happen. Yeah. But I need to revisit that movie. I yeah, know, it's, as much as I like it, and I, I watched a little bit of that scene. It. I don't think it holds up quite as well. I mean, it it does in terms of directing, um, but because so many of the things that he did in that movie when it came out we as young people in the 90s were just unaware of we weren't aware of killer with like mm-hmm. killers with a with a with, with a, code. a code yeah 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 and like a lot of the like a lot of the things that he he pulled for that movie, we just weren't aware of. So we thought it was this brilliant movie. Yeah, and I think a lot of people still think it's this brilliant movie because they haven't realized like, no, he just stole stuff from a, from Kurosawa <laughs> and and all these other guys. Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't. I came to that movie kind of late. I probably saw it for the first time. Um, Maybe ten years ago, maybe less. Um, so it's actually fairly new. Eh, maybe ten years, eh, probably a decade ago. Uh, but I didn't see it in the nineties. I was aware of it though. Um, yeah. So I don't maybe have quite as much reverence for it. Um, but it's pretty amazing. It's scene. a oh, it's a great. It's still a great movie. It's like a Tarantino movie in that you're like, oh yeah, Tarantino stole this from everyone. <laughs> but you can have fun seeing the the influences, influences and tracing yeah. those back and finding all of these like fun, cool old movies that you know all of this stuff kind of originates. Yeah, from. and Jean Reno is like really great. Is this like 
weirdly schlubby French like assassin, you <laughs> yeah. know. And Gary Oldman is as, as I mentioned numerous times is just friggin' fantastic in it. Casting that I never would come up with. Like if we like if this movie was made now and then we tried to recast it in the nineties, there's no way I would come up with the movie genre that, no that, that, that this actually was. Oh no, no, not at all. Um, so what was your number one? So my number one uh, is another one where the heroes run out to meet their doom. And it's the essential running out to meet your doom. Freeze frame, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I figured that was going to be on your list. Yeah. I didn't know if it was. I, th- I figured we might tie it on number one. So that's why I was kind of like, I'll just it'd be good. I uh, I mean, Freeze it's frame. Do, 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 <laughs> it does end with that. It does. <laughs> no, it does not end with that song, but it does end with the freeze, freeze frame. frame. Yeah. Uh, you get to hear the shots. I mean, it's clear, you know, another case of they're surrounded and they've been on the run through the whole movie. Yeah. And of course, they're going to run right. You know, it's just like, well, this is what we're going to do. And they yeah. make it look like a fun choice that yeah. they make. Like, let's go do this. And they're running out to meet their dude. Yeah, it's, I mean, such a, these, it's such a fun movie, too. It's a great buddy movie. Great, Rain hilarious. on my head. <laughs> it's a weird little moment. Weird <laughs> little scene. Why are they riding a bicycle listening to this movie? Was it Sherry Shapin does the music? I don't know who did that song. Yeah, Bur- uh, Baccarat. Baccarat. Yeah. 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 Just a weird... Weird scene. I don't know. Yeah, One of no, those it's strange moments. It's 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 could have only existed in 1970s cinema. That yeah. you know, <laughs> that that weird moment. little movie. Yeah, uh, but so funny, so great. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Sorry that I spoiled it for anyone listening who hasn't seen the movie from 1969 it, with but... an ending that's been parodied probably more often than <laughs> yeah. any other par- any other. You're probably aware of it, yeah. even if you've never seen the movie. You know how that movie ends. Yeah. So. No, that's it's but a f- go watch it anyway. Oh yeah, and also watch this. I mean, because it's, it's great too. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say yeah, it's Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Like, how are you? <laughs> watch Butch and Sundance too. The Sting. <laughs> it's like how are, how would anything in this movie not be that like that's that alone is worth watching. I mean, like that. I still think Paul Newman and Robert Redford. They haven't really clicked with like a, the newer generation. Like people haven't discovered like how fun their movies are. Yeah, it's like. Like, people like Cool Hand Luke, but I mean, like, watch Cool Hand Luke, for Christ's right. sakes. This is an amazing movie. I think Cool Hand Luke and The Hustler are probably oh, the God. two yeah. Paul Newman movies that people remember. And then Redford, they just remember from, I All don't the know, President's weird Men. stuff. And, yeah, I mean... And Captain America 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I did have two um, honorable mentions, mm-hmm. but neither of them actually died, so that's why I didn't necessarily... Okay. Uh, one was uh, Thelma and Louise, which pretty much oh, okay. ate the ending sure. of uh, Butch and Cassidy yep. and Sundance Kid, where they're just, just keep driving. <laughs> I mean, for just for Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon's terrible, terrible accents in that movie alone. <laughs> um, they're, you know, they, they drive off the cliff. You never really see it. It ends yeah, beforehand. Yeah, it goes to white, basically. And one of my favorite movies of all time, which still hasn't, we've actually haven't, I've actually haven't brought up on this list yet, but it's it will show up in a couple different ways, and it will show up as number one, I guarantee you, in whatever one we put it on there. But the very, very uh, end of the Blues Brothers, oh. when they're in the Daily Plaza and yeah. they're trying to get the money to pay off the orphanage, and the entire city of Chicago police force is like <laughs> surrounding the building, kicking in the windows, you know, trying to get out there, and it's so well done of you're just like uh-huh. oh these guys are these guys are effed these yeah. guys there's no way and of course they survive and they go to prison but they they managed it but it's it's a, a very good last stand yeah. on that 
Well, you mentioned Saving Private Ryan. That was definitely uh, one of mine. And also, um, the other war movie that it makes me think of is uh, Black Hawk, Hawk Down, Down, which yeah. came up on a, on a lot of different lists of last stands. Yeah, and, Black uh, Hawk Down is just so damn serious. It's a bummer of a movie, but I mean, it's really well executed. One of the things... It reminds me a lot of sort of... it's it's. Maybe this is unearned, but it makes it. I think of them in similar ways. Um, it's it's like that wars and that generation's platoon. Yeah, you know, where it's a very grim, hyper realistic, in very immersive war movie. I mean, for me personally, I, and we, you know, we could get into this in the next section too of just our final thoughts. Um, you know what? I'm gonna hold on to that one oh, so that okay. we will get into our final thoughts. So I can bring this up because I don't want to. I don't want to ruin that point. All right. So aforementioned uh, final thoughts. Um, what did you think of the movie? What's your grade on it? You know, I wanted to be with the critics, and 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 my concern going back into this because you know, if you'd asked me a year ago, well, let's say two years ago, let's say before Man of Steel, if you'd asked me <laughs> if I liked this movie, what were my thoughts on this movie? And I'd say, oh, it was really good, really well done, really really fun movie that I remembered really liking. Um, now I was worried that I'm so burnt out on Snyder and I'm so that the look of this movie uh, I was worried was going to be um, uh, that I was just numb to it now. And Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. But it was still a lot of fun to watch as, as much green screen as there is. And I bemoan that all the time. I feel like this is a case where, that's justified. Like, this is why green screen sh- was invented, to do crazy stuff like this. It's definitely yeah. a very unique-looking movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, green screen is a, it should be a tool, and it could be as small as, like, a pencil line, or it could be an entire canvas, which you use. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to use it correctly. And I think right. this movie does a, a really correct way of using green screen for the mass effect that it does i mean i wish that there was more i i wish that there were more real moments just to uh give you something else but they're consistent i mean everything is you know you it's very hard to tell what's real in that movie Mm -hmm. just by looking at it and that is consistent throughout so i mean I'm still mostly fairly favorable on this movie. What are you going to give it? Some of the some of the things that you were talking about with the the ethnicities and um some things are a little cringe-worthy. Um I actually am going to give this movie a B minus. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um um we're we're going to split a little bit on this one. Um I really like this movie mm-hmm. and I feel that for a lot of the reasons why I I like it is it's it's, it's we all we've already we've already talked about it. I I love the 
the kind of simplicity that it has, like the fact that it, it just keeps going, it pushes you. There's this is very linear. There's not much deep thought into this. Um, the, it's it's a bromance. It's it's an it's an it's a celebration of all that is man. You know, it's this this hyper idealized and hyper realized masculine world that you know if. In any other place, me and you would be like, that, that, that's dumb. Like, <laughs> right. in, in our world, this type of thing is, like, personified in, like, pop country music. You know, like, yeah. going down to the creek and drinking Budweiser with them girls. Like, that's, like, the type of world that, like, if these Spartans lived nowadays, that's what they'd be doing. You know, yeah. like, listening to, you know, Florida Georgia Line, some BS like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's that's the band, right? Or Georgia, I believe Florida so. Line. I have heard yeah. of them. Yes. Yeah. Um. But, you know, but at the same time, it does it so well that you tend to forget that. And you're like, maybe I should be more like this. Yeah. You know, like it makes you question your own masculinity, which is kind of a, a fun thing in a lot of ways, because it makes you feel so inferior as a man <laughs> that you like have to look at yourself. and You're like, oh, maybe I, I am not doing things right with my you know, body. Maybe I should get in shape. Maybe I should like throw around the medicine ball and, you know, fight against Iranians. But, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, it like it transports you to this world where you're just like, yeah, America. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it's hard to explain. I, I mean Sparta. I mean Sparta, and it's so it's so memorable. And the the thing that I love the most about this is that the characters have so much fun with the but like the Spartans know they're gonna die, and they have fun with the fact that they know they're gonna die. They're like, well, why go about being all grim? We should be laughing and having fun, and and. This is our time, you know, like, we shouldn't go out feeling all somber. And I think that's important because, like, as we said in The Last Stand, like, I truly believe, like, a good last stand, there needs to be humor in it. Like, you need, there needs to be, like, a gallows humor. Like, we know we're going to die. Yeah. Uh, Butch Cassidy and Stan's Kansas, you, you mentioned that. Like, Leon, the professionals, a little bit, maybe not as quite as much. Um, but like Zulu, like they're singing as they're, they're, they're shooting the, the natives, but I think that's just a British thing, but the, <laughs> right. you know, the but British I, sing when they're being dour. <laughs> that's true. I watched Downton Abbey. Um, but yeah, that's, there, there's humor in this movie and there's like an, in, they enjoy it. And I think the people had fun making the movie. There's like this camaraderie to it. And even in the grotesque, there's this humor in the grotesque, mm-hmm. like the monsters feel great that they're yeah. monsters. Yeah. yeah but but at the same time, there is this. There, there are those overwhelming problems with the ethnicity and the, you know, the kind of the misogyny going into it a little I think bit. It's just, I think my the, my biggest problem with it, why I don't go, you know, a little bit higher, like a B or a B plus, is just because um, of what I was talking about, where the movie doesn't really. The movie has a real lack of focus. Yeah, it's just really not. The movie doesn't have a perspective other than to be hyper stylized, which. I like that part of it. Yeah. It just doesn't have the other stuff to really back it up. Yeah, I mean, and I, I agree with you on that. But I, so I went with, on this movie, I went with an A-. Now, I know that's really high. Mm-hmm. Even for a Snyder movie, that's really high. <laughs> but I look at it in terms of what we said. It's it's style over substance, and it's style done very well over substance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I, I'm way more agreeable to it because I'm not going into it expecting more than... Especially because I've already seen this movie. I mean, I'm sure if I saw this for the first time, I might have a different opinion on it. But I already knew going into it. And I already know a lot of the history in the background. So I feel like if I want the historical approach or I want, like, what the histories have to say about it, you know, I'm going to do my own research on it. This is 
a flat out just retelling of a specific incident. Take of it what you will. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm. That's why I kind of, I, I'm going with an A minus on it, just because. God damn, do I enjoy this movie? <laughs> I enjoy this movie <laughs> way more than I should, especially from like. Like, this is really racist. It is really misogynistic. Well, you have to compare it. I'm surprised that we haven't brought it up until now at the end. But um, you have to compare it a little bit to Watchmen. Because when this came out, obviously this was before Watchmen. um, And Watchmen suffers from a lot of the same problems. It's very hyper-stylized. There's a lot of effort put into making sure it looks like the panels. um, And a lot of stuff gets disregarded. And where I think... This movie succeeds in ways that Watchmen doesn't is that there is a um, there's this movie is 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 structured much better. There's much better paced um, and it's very consistent, whereas Watchmen tries to be too uh, pop culture. Um, it has the goofy soundtrack, all yeah. the stuff that we talked about. The, yeah, the terrible music, the super bizarre choices, some of the changes that they made. Yeah. Um, that movie also has a, a significant lack of focus. So, yeah. uh, but I think that Watchmen does, or or Three Hundred does a little bit of a better job of overcoming a lot of that by being a very um, maybe it's just because it's another time and place as opposed to Watchmen, which is supposed to, I mean, I think okay. it's an alternate reality, 1980s, th- but it's much more modern. Yeah. And so we're supposed to maybe identify I think, with it more. I think it has to do more with the source material. 300, as you see, look at, uh, you, you look at the book in front of you. It's not a comic. It's an art book. It's sure. like, like that's yeah. like a type of book that you'd buy at the Art Institute of Chicago that's got a bunch of, you know, Monet paintings in it. Like yeah. it's, it would be that stuff. Watchmen is, you know, the, and the 300 is written by Frank Miller. Watchmen's done by Alan Moore. Alan Moore was trying to tell something yeah. in, in Watchmen. Frank Miller is not trying to tell us anything in 300. He's yeah. just basically saying there was these people who at one time they fought this battle because they this is what they believed. Yeah. It's not telling you what they believed is right or whatever. It's It's more of the actions and their beliefs are more important than what they act than what they actually believed in. Like they're acting on their beliefs is more important right. than what they actually believed in. And I think that's important and in that you know, you can tell a story that's much more stylized when there's not much to that story. As I say, that's the Fantasia approach. It's you're you're approaching more mood and you're mm-hmm. approaching more feeling than an actual story. Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think that's why I, I think I have very similar issues with both movies, and I like certain things the same uh, about both of those movies. But yeah, I think I, I think Three Hundred is is better. Look as a as a as a music video yeah. almost. I mean, it's just a. It's a it's a mood. It's definitely. Yeah. I think that's that's correct. Yeah, and as I say, it's it's a movie where you're just like you look at yourself after you're done watching it and you go, "What have I become? <laughs> what is my what has my species become? Look at me. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching people who are better than me." <laughs> All right, go to planetarbitrary.com for your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at, at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at at K White says. You can like our Facebook page backslash comic book logic. Where you can uh, get updates about comic book movies and TV shows. Um, you uh, you can also listen to us on YouTube, where you can like, comment, and subscribe to the Game Classy YouTube page. That's where we're currently hosted. Um, the best way you could help out our podcast is to like, comment, subscribe on iTunes. That'd be the best way of doing it. 
Um, other podcasts that you can listen to on our Planet Arbitrary family are the Game Classy Podcast, where it's me and Steve talking about tabletop games. And it's also, you can listen to Rats Pet, Pat's Retro Video Game Review Podcast, a.k.a. Play On, where Pet B and Steve talk about video games. Yay! Yay! Um, another place where you can get a hold of us is through our subreddit, our game classy. Um, I post over there all the time, so there's lots of places to get a hold of us. Um, so, Kevin, uh, until the next movie, which is Captain America, the made-for-TV movie. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot that we were doing that next. I don't know what we're going to do with that. That's going to be ridiculous. Comic. What? Logic. Logic. 